Today's Bureau Briefing is brought to you by MailChimp. More than 16 million people, businesses, and agencies around the world use MailChimp's marketing automation platform to reach their customers and grow their businesses. Their features and integrations give agencies the power to help their clients succeed through marketing emails, automated messages, and targeted ad campaigns. Their detailed reports help clients keep improving over time and provide agencies with the insight they need to effectively advise their clients and inform their marketing strategies. MailChimp loves empowering agencies and small businesses alike, so that's what they focus on every day. And we thank them so much for making the Bureau Briefing possible. Welcome to the Bureau Briefing, a podcast by the Bureau of Digital, an organization devoted to giving digital professionals the support system they never had. Each episode, we're going to talk to a member of our community doing awesome, inspiring things. Now for your host, Carl Smith. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Bureau Briefing. It's Carl, and with me today, I have two really amazing people from Bright Umbrella. We have, I'm going for it. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going for it. We have Emily Lewis, and we have Leah Alcantara. Nope. I did it no, wrong. No, you did it wrong. <laughs> no, no, don't tell me. I'm going to keep going. Um, uh, okay, can, like, like a can. Yes. Tara. 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 Alcantara. Okay. Alcantara. <laughs> I can't do it without an accent, though. So okay. welcome okay. to what is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> I asked Emily and Leah to be on the show today because they have got a podcast that has been going on and maintained a high level of quality for a long time. I know a lot of people in our community are starting to get out their new podcasts, and they told me before the show that they're coming up on their hundredth episode. I can't say hundredth. I'm done. We're over. <laughs> on their hundredth episode. So congratulations on that and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You are most welcome. And I'll be going to school later to learn how to say Leah's last name. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know why I've got them in a book. Well, I want to find out, you know, I've, I've been doing podcasting for a while, very inconsistently, <laughs> both in terms of the quality and the way that we release episodes. So how did you decide that you were going to do Control ClickCast and how did you stick with it? So should I answer that? I think. Yeah, I mean, Leia's the origin story, really. She's the beginning <laughs> of it all. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the long story short was uh, a few years ago, Ryan Six Ireland. Years ago. Yeah. Actually, oh, let's, let's forget that because that makes me feel old. Um, a few years ago, uh, Ryan Ireland and Dan Benjamin asked me to be a guest on one of their shows, and it was the Expression Engine podcast. Okay. And I guess they liked what I had to say. So they asked me, <laughs> so they asked me to be a guest a few more times. Um, and then eventually, um, both Dan and Ryan decided um, they wanted to move away from the show, but they still found value in in the show itself. And they didn't just want to end it. So they asked me if I wanted to take over the show. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. And then so I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But now I need a co-host. And so I was thinking long and hard over, you know, who I wanted to um, have on with me for, you know, on a regular basis. And I asked people in the community to give me some suggestions. But at the end of the day, I already had Emily in mind because, uh, you know, I've always admired her work from afar, you know, online. We met a couple of times at, you know, um, conferences like South by Southwest and things like that. Um, and then I did end up asking her to be my co-host and, um, it worked out. Like we just, once we started working on the show, we like our values aligned, our work ethic aligned. And when you were kind of asking about like, you know, how, how long has this been going and how did you guys keep it going is that we've always taken working together very seriously and taking the podcast very seriously, like it's our own project and client. So because we had that perspective that this is our client, then we, you know, scheduled it in like we would do a client project and we, you know, reviewed it like we did, um, you know, a client project. And then after a hundred episodes of Expression Engine podcast, we decided, okay, we actually wanted to broaden our perspective a little bit more and talk about other CMSs as well as other pieces of technology. As you know, some of our listeners might, well, some of your listeners might not know, Emily is a whiz at front-end development, um, and she wanted to talk a little bit, you know, whole episodes about front-end dev. And me as a designer, I wanted to have whole episodes where it was just design. So um, after 100 episodes of the EE podcast, we rebranded to what is now known as Control ClickCast. Yeah. So we're coming up on do you still have that backlog of Expression Engine shows? Yeah. Yep. It's still in the archive of ControlClickCast.com. Okay. I had no idea that's how the two of you sort of met. Or, or started working together. And now you work together full time, right? Yeah, we're partners in Bright Umbrella. That's amazing. Yep. That's such a great story. Yeah, it's, so it's probably, I think, one of the better stories in the sense of we got to really test each other out before we became partners. We were yeah. <laughs> actively working on things that had to test everything that you have to test in a business partnership. Well, and you were taking a show, you know, Dan Benjamin obviously is is the master of podcasts. And, you know, I mentioned when we were talking before that I, I don't listen to podcasts. One of the few podcasts I listened to was his podcast podcast, which I can't remember the name right now. But it was one of those where I was just like, I want to do this better. And I knew that he'd be able to. So you had a, a built-in start of quality and consistency. And uh, wow, that's just great. Well, I think that's also always been important to us. If we were going to do this, we weren't going to half-ass it. And so we wanted to make sure that not only we were we making the commitment to quality of content, you know, interesting topics and guests, but that we were also trying to produce really high-quality audio. Um, we were very committed to providing transcripts from the very beginning um, to make our content as accessible as possible. And those were our standards, and we haven't we, – we hold ourselves to it every time. Well, for those of us playing catch-up, thanks for the pressure. 
<laughs> because because we needed it. We actually, I did a an episode with Robert Jolly on accessibility, and we didn't have a transcript. Oh, ooh, I know. And uh, we, now we had one within eight hours <laughs> of going live because one of the people following the podcast needed us to have the transcript. Right. And shot a very nice message on Twitter and said, hey, uh, fellas, this is kind of wrong. <laughs> and so um, luckily I had uh, heard of Rev.com, which uh, I don't know what if you guys are using a service or how you do it, but Rev was like amazing. And I went out there and something like eight hours, six hours later had a, a perfect transcript and, uh, and put it up there. And now we do it every time. Um, I've actually been going through the backlog of bureau briefings, the, the bureaus podcast, and starting to put in uh, the transcripts for the previous ones. Like, because, you know, we have so much time. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how we like to spend it. So have you ever had an episode where uh, you got called out for something? You have to have after all of these. I mean, I think we've heard comments. I don't remember if it was like on Slack or something where someone was like, oh, I just can't stand listening to them. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, but but here's the thing. I was part of that Slack. So I called them out back and they were like, oh, uh, er. <laughs> oh, hello. And that we laugh too much. Yeah. I just feel sorry, sorry for that person. Really. They don't want laughter in their life. But no, I can't think of anything. Where they're like, I can't believe you said that and you're, yeah, you yeah. know, sharing misinformation. Which no. is kind of amazing if you think about it and our yeah. industry and that we're both women. Yeah. And that you're talking about development type stuff, front end development. You're talking about design. These are topics that have never had heated discussions. We don't, <laughs> we, we don't have comments on our site. So that may be part of it. That could we help. We don't allow like anyone to post anything to the site. Right. And I mean, we do have, like, obviously, some people comment on Twitter, um, you know, a few things, but they've been mostly positive. And Mm -hmm. even when people have disagreed, like, no one's ever been like, you guys should go away, you know, or or harassment or anything like that. It's just been like, oh, I don't necessarily disagree with this, but I'm going to share your show because I still enjoyed it. So it's like, oh, okay, awesome. Well, there you go. At least you're, that's that's showing that you're getting positive discussion going, and people thinking even if they don't agree, they're they're open to the ideas. That's really great. And I think so we are, we benefit from the reality of land. I've been in this industry a really long time. Our opinions aren't just like, oh, I, I just figured that out. <laughs> you know, we've <laughs> we've had time to really test our opinions and test the things that we put out there. And I think both of us also tend to be very open about how much we learn every day with every new project and every new guest that we have on the show. So and it doesn't ever feel like we know everything and, and we're just, you know, throwing that at people. So as you come up on a hundred episodes, there have to be a few that stand out for you, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, we just had homework to pick them <laughs> for our hundredth episode. Cause we're going to do like a, a little like, uh, you know, re- reflect back on favorite episodes and yeah. you know, what stood out and have clips from them. And I'm pulling the document up right yeah. now. <laughs> Doing well, yeah, the Jean, exact same thing. Gene and I did that uh, when we hit our 10th episode because we knew that would be about as far as we went. And uh, for BizCraft. But, you know, I think we had some of the most embarrassing things or most 
I guess sad things happen. <laughs> like when, when we interviewed Simon Sinek, he had to call in on his phone <laughs> and the quality was so bad. It was just horrible. And then once, it, anytime we had somebody that felt like it was going to be a big name, like, wow, that's going to be amazing. They were either in a bad mood or we had horrible technology. Oh. Like Simon Sinek was awesome. He was like a five-year-old. Where are you from? That sounds amazing. Do you have a cat? Um, <laughs> just like, but, uh, but yeah, so that was, that was crazy for me. So did you, you pull them up? Yeah. Um, although, you know, frankly, I don't, I don't feel like we have any like super funny stories. We, we've had a couple podcasts that weren't the best, but, um, I don't think listeners thought that. I think it was just our <laughs> experience with it. Um, but in terms of the, the ones that I picked for the top three, they're really the ones that like when I was done talking to the guests, it was just like, God, I feel amazing. Yeah, yeah. I feel inspired. I feel like I could go create and that I have people who understand me and think like me. And um, yeah, and I think the first one on my list for those is the one that we did with um, Sherry and Ruben Johnson, who are the Fly Duo. They're a web agency out of Atlanta, and we talked yeah. to them about their um, brand and how they've kind of really focused on their uh, unique niche identity and how they're using that to, you know, drive growth in their agency versus diving into a sector. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be less fun, but still good. Um I would have to say this probably changed our business. Um, it's practical pricing with Brad Weaver. So, oh, wow. yeah. So we had, um, I met Brad in Atlanta. Or no, actually, it's I met all Atlanta for you guys. Yeah. Well, it's, um, I actually met him at a Converge um, when he was speaking at Converge and he was doing a pricing talk. And after his talk, uh, I pulled him aside and I was like, man, that was a great talk and blah, 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 blah. And then he offered very generously to like chat with me and Emily about, you know, our business and, you know, pricing and what it all meant. And it resonated so much with us that we just took all his advice and applied it. And wow, it worked. <laughs> Whoa. And then because it helped us so much, we're like, we need him on our show. We need like this in our industry, because I definitely think pricing um, your services properly is a challenge for many in our uh, sector, uh, especially because people feel like weirdly intimidated. They're not from a business background, so they don't know the exact tools. And the other thing I liked about this episode and just generally this particular topic is that it's called practical pricing. I yeah. feel like whenever people give advice about pricing services, it always seems so general as in raise your rates, you know, or <laughs> value yourself as if you already don't know like that you that your services have any sort of value or as if you don't know you know that raising your rates is probably a good idea but nobody like nobody has actually spoken about the hows like how does that happen and beyond just like 
throw it in a spreadsheet, you know, and it's like, that makes no sense. I felt like what Brad did was bring the practical part into the pricing where it's just like, let's put this in context of a design business and actually, you know, have it resonate so that when you're plugging in the numbers, it doesn't feel like arbitrary because every like, you know, Emily and I are smart women. We've done our research. We've we priced our, our, our services based on like arbitrary things before, but it never made sense. Like it always felt like I'm just randomly putting numbers in a spreadsheet and it didn't make any sense. And until we spoke to Brad, who broke down specifically what like, you know, what we should be looking at and how um, that was when the, you know, the magic basically started to happen. And that when we start to apply that and actually demand what we were worth uh, from our clients that wow, people are actually willing to pay it. <laughs> so when when you said that, you just killed me a little bit because you categorized two-thirds of every talk I ever gave. Raise your rates. <laughs> respect yourself. The third one was quit your job. Um, yeah. So I was dying. Somebody actually on Twitter once put, um, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember it now. It was uh, be good to yourself, love everyone, and tell your boss to go to hell. Every Carl Smith talk ever. And I was just like, <laughs> what? I didn't, I, did I do that? And then I found out later, there were some of my friends who had shops that wouldn't let their employees come to see me speak. <laughs> they were so convinced they would quit. That's amazing about Brad and about that episode. I haven't, I haven't seen Brad in a while. I know he moved from Atlanta. Um, but we had him on the briefing and uh, I haven't, that episode hadn't gone out yet. Um, it was on writing a book. Right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because he had done that. But, you know, I had Dan Mall on. We were talking more about his apprenticeship program. But, man, you went talking about, uh, has there ever been a more heated topic than value-based versus time and materials versus all this yep. stuff? It's like, woof. Oh, yep. I think that I think another thing that's good about that particular episode with Brad is I think we really emphasize that there's really no one solution. And not just, like, for yeah. one business. Within our own business, we price probably five different ways, depending on what the project is, what the product or service is. Or and the, the client. Yeah. And that, that that's what actually works. Like sometimes value-based works, sometimes flat rate works, sometimes hourly works. And that if you want to be successful and make a profit, you need to figure out what those sometimes are. Yeah. And sometimes it's what you're comfortable with. Right. It's if, if you're going out there to use a methodology or a philosophy or anything that you're not comfortable with, it's not going to work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It has to make sense to you, not be overwhelming or intimidating. And pricing really can be. So, so you hit on something. So that that episode changed your business. Right. Now, I've often just gone after guests because I wanted to talk to the person. <laughs> right. You know, totally selfish. And, uh, and it always seemed to work out. Or I would hear of a, a heated conversation that happened, and so I'd follow up on it. How do you go about selecting your guests? You know, we leverage our – first and foremost, we leverage our network, people who we've met at conferences or events or that we follow and pay attention to what they're sharing in the industry. In fact, we just got back – well, not just, but this summer we were at the How Design Live conference. Yeah. And – we have two people, potentially three, that were speakers at that conference that we met first time 
that we followed up with and they seem like they're a great fit for the podcast. So we're going to schedule for them for the podcast. So our networking is first and foremost. That, that's great. Yeah. Because then that means we can guarantee, you know, our, that there's a certain level of quality, you know, as well, because, okay, if I met you, cool conversation, let's have, let's record another cool conversation. Yeah. And we've learned that the hard way we've had, We've had two guests that were not my favorite experiences, and both of those. I apologize. I, I <laughs> and neither of those um, we had met, and so yeah. that was that was when we were like, okay, we have to make sure we have some connection with these these guests that we invite before um, we invite them. Yeah. Gene and I used to so when we were doing Bizcraft, and it was. I mean, I always loved that podcast a ton. And I don't know that our advice was always the best, but it was always from the heart. And we would get together the day before the show and we wouldn't have talked for a week or two. And we would start to talk. And if something got traction, one of us would say, save it for the show. (laughs) And so we would know that there was a a list of things that we both wanted to talk about that we had held back on. Mm. And, um, and that worked really well. And I found later, uh, both with, uh, I'd done a podcast with engine for a little while, friendly fire, uh, as well as doing the briefing. And when I meet people and we start talking, if I get really excited about something they're saying, I ask them if we can stop talking so that we can get on the show later. And we've had episodes, because of that, we've had episodes on eating disorders, on uh, somebody who was a remote employee and had an alcohol problem, um, different things where they actually went to their teams and talked to them about it. Because there's so many things that when you share them publicly – not only do you help so many other people, but you really help yourself. And those were always the shows that I, I was always glad I didn't have a sponsor. <laughs> it's like, like, I can just see right now. Squarespace is so happy to bring you. I'm a remote alcoholic. Um, <laughs> so, Although and it's funny we laugh, but, that's, but that is how it should be. Because that, that is a real issue for people. You know, just like you're saying, like, you know... Um, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, stop or you don't, you stop a conversation so you can carry it into something that you can share with other people. But I think sponsors should be open to sharing those things because those are real issues. It's, it's one of the reasons we rebranded. We didn't want to only be able to talk about Expression Engine. We wanted to talk about um, things like mental health or things like, you know, uh, inclusion in the workplace or, you know, things like that that are sensitive, hot button topics that are also very personal. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We had Jen Derry on the show after she found out about a brain tumor. Oh, wow. And uh, the whole show was about, okay, you're an entrepreneur and now you have this major medical crisis. You're also the mother of two. Uh, how do you do that? <laughs> like, how do you, do you just shut your business down or whatever? And so we had this amazing conversation and Jen is just an amazing person. And, uh, and it, it was truly one of the best episodes. And, and, you know, I've never really gone back to look at the statistics or any kind of metrics or anything, but I know that show was a great show. And I know that it helped a lot of people who were thinking, I can't get through all this. And then they're suddenly like, I can totally get through all this. You know, I don't, I don't have that other situation going now. I'm curious when you've gone through so many episodes like you have, um, do you ever do a series? Because I think we were talking about that a little bit earlier, like putting together a series of shows. 
Yeah, so this year we decided we wanted to do a series. This is actually one of the first things we are we did to try and get the podcast to align a little bit with Bright Umbrella's marketing goals. And uh, we've never created content for our clients. We've always created content for our peers. But we wanted something that would potentially appeal to our clients that we could either use in communicating with them or marketing our services or selling our services. And so we decided to do a series about demystifying the web for clients, essentially how to talk about web design, web development, content management, tech terms in ways that clients can relate to so that they not only value us and our services, but value the products we create for them. Well, again, I'm just going to keep using the same word. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And I want to give you some serious you know, kudos for your website, for the way that you've always presented Bright Umbrella. And I remember when you rebranded to Bright Umbrella and it's, this always sounds like such a crappy compliment, but it feels bigger. You know, it's, it's one of those things that just, it feels super established. It feels like accessible. It feels like you could create just about anything that you needed to. And so to be able to, to shift the podcast in that direction so that it's now you're going to, you're going to demystify it. Like you said, you're going to make clients feel more comfortable. Prospects feel more comfortable. Yeah. Good for you. And everybody else listening, you're not going to do it. None of the people listening are going to do it. They're going to say it. They're going to do it. Well, what's interesting about that is, you know, even though Emily said, yes, it's focused uh, on clients and speak to your clients, obviously there's value from our, uh, for our main audience, which are peers, for listening to these. So um, we can help elevate a little bit the industry on how we speak to how we speak to clients and and get them to understand, you know, each other better. Because sometimes I do feel like um, a lot of the issues that occur in in projects is just, it's miscommunication, but specific miscommunication. Because again, one of the things that we like to do at Control Click Cast is let's move beyond the generalizations and speak specific items that we can actually tackle. So like, you know, people can say, we have problems speaking to our clients, which is, you know, a general industry issue. And you can just talk in general about that. But um, Emily and I wanted to speak in specifics over like, okay, here's where potentially speaking about information architecture actually breaks down and then they get confused. So some clients, you know, we as web designers, developers take for granted terms like sitemap, you know, or even, even CMS, you know, those types of things they um, may not get right away or worse. They pretend they get it, Mm -hmm. which is actually worse because then you think you're all in accord and everybody's happy. And then you get a, you know, awkward conversation later in, in the project simply because they were too intimidated to tell you, I don't understand. Yeah. With engine, we ended up creating after our hundredth project, we put together this client guide and the client guide was all about the places where we knew the mistakes would be. And I was telling the team, I was like, look, there's only one constant in all 100 projects. That's us. Mm-hmm. Every client doesn't come in here and make those mistakes. We somehow guide them 
to these mistakes. And one of the things we found was we needed to have a glossary. And so we created a, a glossary that was part of our intranet kind of thing. And um, we would share it with clients and say, these are what these words mean to us. Do they mean something different to you? And if they did, we would find a different way to talk about it because we didn't want the confusion. But the, the other thing, and, and I've, I've gotten praised and also slammed for this, but we would be in meetings and there would be times where we'd be talking through the proposal and there would always be one section that clients couldn't remember, right? And I would put on a red nose, a red clown nose. And, and then I would read through that section, right? And I would say, you know, once you give us approval on this and we move forward, if you ask us to change, it's going to cost a lot of money. And they would be like, well, why did you put on the clown nose? Because in three months when I say this, you're going to say you don't remember. But I'll say, do you remember when I put on the red clown nose? And they'll say, yes. I say, well, this is what I said. <laughs> and it, right. and we actually, even at a point, we'd put these little red dots by it, right? So it's just like trying to find a way to, first of all, make it not intimidating to break it down, you know, make it kind of fun. But also just to say, you know, the, the core of trust is feeling comfortable, right? Is feeling like things are familiar. And so when we go in there and we start talking about even UX, right? I mean, we can't even agree what that means. So, yeah. so that's, that's great. Well, I look forward to listening to that. I've enjoyed Control ClickCast. And congratulations on a, coming up on 100 episodes. That's, that's just impressive. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, we and thanks hard. for being on the show today. And for everybody listening, we'll be back next week and we'll talk to you then. 